Amen. Well, good morning, Shiloh. Good morning. And Merry Early Christmas. All right. We want to get you into this Christmas spirit. Well, so we got a couple of Christmas tunes for you. The ones that think you'll know. So at home, I want you to sing along, sing out loud, and encourage your neighbor to sing and join in too. Because here at Shiloh, we believe in praising the Lord. Amen. Amen. Here we go. One, two angels we have heard. Chelsea. 
Can 
this final Sunday of Advent, we want to talk for a few minutes from the subject Advent and Love. Advent and Love. We invite you to consider the power of God's love and how it manifested itself regarding his chief creation, humanity. God is the creator of all that is, and in its original form, all that he created was deemed by him to be good. But scripture tells us that we forfeited our inherent goodness by our voluntary transgression. The sin of the man and the woman did not affect them only, but it negatively impacted all of creation. With sin came the shedding of blood, not just human blood, but the blood of animals as well. With sin came pain. Not just physical pain, but also emotional and spiritual pain. With sin, everything that existed was thrown out of balance. It reminds us that our lives are not lived in a vacuum. What we do or fail to do has an effect not just on us, not just on the people around us, but on all of life. We like to talk about enjoying a certain quality of life, and usually when we talk about that, we're referring to socioeconomic status. We're referring to the physical and the tangible. But there is also a spiritual quality of life, and we do harm to our spiritual lives when we choose sin and self over God. It doesn't just affect us. It affects all of creation. With sin came a lot of negative things, the shedding of blood and the experience of pain. But in response to sin came the highest manifestation of God's love. Since all of creation was affected by our choice to sin, all of creation needed restoration and deliverance. And so right on the heels of our transgression, God made the promise of deliverance and restoration. The seed of the woman will crush the head of the seed of the serpent. This is the love of Advent. Advent is about God loving us so much that he would restore an undeserving humanity and the creation that humanity marred back to the state of goodness in which it was birthed. Advent is about God 
keeping his promise. When the angel told Mary that she would be the instrument through which God would bring the Savior into the world, Mary was led by the Spirit to offer up a word of praise and thanksgiving. And in her praise, Mary connects the birth of Messiah with the promise God made to Abraham generations before. She says he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. She adds, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. But as we consider this word of Paul to the church at Colossae, we see that the connection goes back even farther than Abraham. It goes all the way back to the creation. Paul says of Jesus, he is the exact likeness of God. He is over all of creation. All things were created by him. And when we consider this word in relation to Advent, we see that Advent is not just tied to history, but to creation, for the world was created through Christ. John says, through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. So when we take it all into account, it serves to tell us that Advent is about so much more than the traditional nativity story. First, it shows us that God's love is miraculous. Advent proclaims that the God who created the universe has now come to be born into the world. Advent proclaims that Mary's maker, will come from her womb. Advent proclaims that the one who made and inhabits the universe is now confined to a cattle stall. Advent proclaims that he who owns the whole world finds no room at the Nazareth Holiday Inn. John speaks to the impact of this mystery when, when he writes he was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. My brothers and sisters, to fully appreciate the miraculous love of God, you have to embrace the mystery of his advent. We'll never completely comprehend it. It's beyond our ability to understand it. But Paul is telling us that in our celebration of Messiah's birth, we are celebrating a mystery. How one who created everything also allowed himself to be a part of creation so that by him we might have abundant and everlasting life. We celebrate the fact that God, through Christ, has invaded the world that he made. We must not be frustrated by the mystery, but we ought to delight in the fact that the Savior of the world is the one who created the world. In fact, he's the only one who's qualified for the task. 
If you look at John's revelation, it, it tells us that, that when heaven and earth were searched, no one was found worthy to redeem mankind. And John says that he began to weep for himself and for all humanity because it looked like all was lost. But then he says, just at that moment, the elder spoke to me and said, don't you cry. The lion of Judah, the, the root of David has triumphed. In other words, Jesus came forward and said, I'll go. And I'll redeem my creation back to myself. And John says that in response to this good news, angels in a number that no one could count encircled the throne of God and began to sing, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the one who was slain. Worthy to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And the love of Advent confirms for us that the creator, the only one who is worthy, is also our savior. And even now, he is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. And that leads me to my second point. The love displayed in Advent is restorative. The love displayed redeems us and puts us back on course. Certainly the coming of Messiah was intended to redeem us, to save us from our sin. But the larger story of Advent is that Jesus came to restore the world to its original design. Jesus came to carry out God's original plan to create a world where peace and justice and harmony will reign. Our restoration with God is rooted in the coming of Messiah. Again, look at John's revelation where he says, I saw a new heaven. And I saw a new earth. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne say, now God makes his home with people and he will live with them. They will be his people and he will be their God. This restoration promise wasn't just for humanity, it was for all of creation. What sin destroyed in bringing about death, God has redeemed through the life of Jesus Christ. Isaiah said it this way, behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Advent reminds us that God loves his world too much to ever give up on it. Advent reminds us that God loved his creation so much that he sent his only son to redeem it and make it new again. Well, finally, when we consider the love of Advent, we see that God's love is perpetual. 
Advent reminds us that when God created the world, he did so with a purpose in mind. Creation tells us that there is a creator. The design of the world points us to a designer. The beauty of the world tells us that there is a divine art artist. It tells us that there is order and splendor and joy and meaning that was built into the universe. But the message Advent gives to us is that God's love is perpetual. Paul says before anything was created, he was already there. He holds everything together. Advent reminds us that that God always had a plan. God had a plan of redemption in place before the world began. God had a plan to save the world from itself. God had a plan to restore meaning and purpose to life, which was lost because of sin. And so in the birth of Jesus, the one who is before all things came to hold all things together. And I, for one, I'm glad that he came. I'm glad that God loved me enough to cover my sin. I'm glad that God loved me enough to redeem my life from destruction. I'm glad that God loved me enough to crown my life with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. I'm glad that God not only created me, but God recreated me. For this same Paul says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all has become new. Advent is about a perpetual love. Advent gives us hope that trouble will not last always. And Advent reminds us that in Jesus, we have the victory. If God is for us, then tell me who can be against us. If God is for us, then who can stand before him? What can separate me from the love of God? Can height do it? Can depth do it? Can darkness do it? Can things above do it? Can things below do it? Can sword do it? Can danger do it? Can war do it? Paul says no, nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin for us. That's how much he loved us. When, when you talk about his coming, don't stop with the baby in the manger. When you talk about his coming, don't stop with the fact that he turned water into wine. When you talk about his coming, don't stop with the fact that he fed thousands with two fish and five loaves of bread. Don't stop till you go to Calvary. 
If you're going to talk about his coming, talk about why he came. He came to take your sin and my sin on his shoulders. He, he hung there for six long hours. He, he hung until death took him into the grave. And he went into the grave on a Friday evening, but early on a Sunday morning, early before the sun rose, early before the cock crowed, early on a Sunday morning, he got up, got up, got up, got up. With all power in his hands. You're going to talk about how he came. You can't just talk about him coming through Mary. You got to talk about him coming out of the tomb. You got to talk about him coming with deliverance and salvation and redemption and reconciliation and justification for you and for me. There was always a purpose. And the purpose was to perpetuate his love. Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for looking beyond my many faults and meeting my every need. Thank you for being better to me than I have even been to myself. Thank you for picking me up every time I fall. Thank you for planting my feet on a solid foundation. Thank you for keeping health in my body and sanity in my mind. Thank you that every day is another day of thanksgiving. Thank you that your purpose is fulfilled in your coming and that your love is a perpetual love. Love without end. Lord God, thank you for a simple word that reminds us that your coming is proof of your love for us. We pray, dear God, that we would be strengthened by the fact that you love us without limit and without restriction. Bless this simple word, which has gone forth, may be a help to those who have heard. And if there's someone, dear God, worshiping with us who does not know you in the pardon of their sin, let something that has been said or done touch their hearts and cause them to surrender their lives to you. We ask it humbly in the name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake we pray. Amen. So oh.